0: Hey, this is Jeff Russo, and you are listening to The Great, Big, Beautiful Podcast. Have you
1: ever been to Disneyland?
2: Affirmative. That
1: was definitely an e-ticket.
3: I can't believe all the new gadgets they've got now. For a while, we didn't even have a house phone, not to mention laser discs, high-def TVs, are listening to the great big beautiful
2: podcast this week on the show it's about love and acceptance yeah um on every level um and the human connection we all want to be accepted for who we are and um, we're just searching to to be our best selves and kinky boots is a show that teaches you to to do that and that it's okay
0: Here are your hosts, Jamie Green and Justin Connors. Welcome into another episode of the Great Big Beautiful Podcast. You can find us online at thegbbpodcast.com or on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and all those places at thegbbpodcast. I am your host, Jamie Green. You can find me at the RoarBots and joining me this week is...
1: Samantha Fisher.
0: Hello, Samantha.
1: Hello. 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 How are you?
0: I'm excellent I, but I cut you off you said and and you were going to say something
1: I don't remember
0: it, that was like 10 seconds ago
1: old very <laughs> old
0: <laughs> uh, well I can I feel your pain I feel your pain um, I am also old I, uh, I went to the doctors today for my annual physical and I was like that's a surefire way to, to make you feel old they're like well do you have any aches and pains like in your joints and I was like well yeah who doesn't
1: <laughs> They're <laughs> like did we did we forget the part where I'm old? <laughs> yeah, yeah I've it's... been um, I've been working out, which is a new thing. Um and today was my like fourth or fifth fifth workout in like the last 6 days or something and I was yeah, my knees got really yeah. mad at me about halfway through that. I'm like, all right. I think we're done with the squats. <laughs> we're, we're done with those for today. Cause I, I have tendonitis in them and, uh, I was starting to worry cause if they give, Oh yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll be out for like a good week, like hardly able How, to move. So
0: how's that yeah. going for you though? Working out.
1: <sighs> it's actually been kind of good. Um, starting off slow. Um, so it's going well. And, uh, I've I've noticed I've just been feeling better um, emotionally during the day, so that's been nice.
0: Excellent, that's good to hear. Yeah, I always think uh, working out should be a good idea, but
1: yeah, it's just it
0: remains that it's a good idea.
1: It's an excellent idea, and (laughs) a really good one for other people.
0: Exactly, other people get so much out of it. Um, I'm not gonna like I don't want to steal that from them, you know. (laughs) I'm not gonna hog it and and make that mine too. That's their thing. Yes, yeah.
1: you've got the podcast. They can have that.
0: <laughs> that's right. They can have the whole like health and and fitness and you know living longer. That's that's theirs. That's yours. You're welcome to it.
1: Oh, you know, but uh, I I know that that sounded very random, but I was actually thinking earlier um, that folks who perform on stage that is a very physically demanding thing no to do.
0: No joke. So let me, okay, before, before we, let's segue into this a little bit cleaner. Um, this week, we're talking to Jay Harrison G, and he is currently the role of Lola uh, in Kinky Boots on Broadway. So when I think of Broadway performers, the one thing that always kind of astounds me is that they are able to go out there and give your, their performance, and sing those songs, and belt those to high notes, and just give it their all, like five to six times a week. And depending on the role, that is so demanding.
1: Mm-hmm. So a lot of it involves dance as well. Mm-hmm. And it, it. Okay, so as someone who dabbles a little bit in singing um, in my spare time, where nobody else hears, um, <laughs> the very thought of doing that while actually doing something physical at the same time i do it while sitting or stand standing right like that's it i don't move around it takes a lot to sing several songs in a row even for that um the breathing in the breathing out the controlling that breathing and you add dancing and moving and climbing stairs and do it and i i don't even know how they do it they must be like athletes or something because i i wouldn't be able to
0: so it would not surprise me if a lot of these performers used these five to six performances or shows that they're in every week as their workout instead of going to the gym. Mm-hmm. I, so for Kinky Boots and uh, Jay Harrison G's performance, I saw the show um, about a month ago on Broadway and his role is so um, physical Mm -hmm. So for those of you who don't know the show, uh, the show in a nutshell is, it's about these two people, Charlie and Lola, and Charlie inherits a shoe factory from his father after his father passes away. But making shoes and running the family business was never something that he wanted, was never something that he envisioned for himself, but he's sort of thrust into that and now he's got it. And one night he has this chance encounter. I'm not going to, you know, sort of give everything away, but he crosses paths with with, with Lola, who is uh, who is a drag performer. And one thing leads to another. They realize that the shoe company is going out of business because nobody buys their high end luxury men's shoes anymore. They're just too expensive. They've lost the market. So he has this brilliant idea to change the product target a niche audience and they're going to make these hot thigh high flashy quote unquote kinky boots for drag performers (laughs) for so they could have high heeled boots that support the weight of a man, the added weight of a man. Ah. Um, And so, and and that's what the show is. And it's about, it's about um, um, accepting people for who they are and living up to expectations and and empathy and dignity and the freedom to be yourself. And those are all themes throughout the show. Uh, but two or three of Lola's songs are just so incredibly physically demanding that at the end of those, those numbers, um, he was, he was just, just, just shining, like just dripping sweat on stage. I mean, we, we had fairly good seats and so you could see, but I mean, he (laughs) was just, just drenched because he put everything he had into that, that song. And that was just one performance of probably five or six that he was doing that week. And he's just on an extended run doing that every week. I can't even imagine the type of or the dedication and the, the commitment it takes to bring to a role for that.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, my job's not very demanding physically, <laughs> um, it, very emotionally <laughs> demanding at times, but it, it, even that exhausts me. So, uh, and I just sit here and type angrily, you know, like <laughs> just pound
0: the keyboard, right? That's how you get it out. Send
1: this email and they'll figure out I'm angry of how hard I'm <laughs> typing. Um, I'll
0: just use a couple extra capital letters and they'll know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: So, yeah, I and I try to think about that, like the different jobs people have. And, and it, it kind of makes sense after the the kind of getting back into the the, the being healthier and the working out thing. Um, because my energy level has been up mm-hmm. the last week or so. And... I've, I've found myself not getting as annoyed with people, which is always yeah. good in my job. Um, and I was thinking about that when we were prepping for the conversation. I was I was thinking about that, like the different roles and the different things people play. These folks that are, that perform on Broadway or in other forms like that, who do it consistently night after night, they always seem so dang energetic. Right? And it's, <laughs> it's like they exhaust themselves, but then the next day, They're a thousand times more energetic than I am on my best day, Um, so there's got to be something to that. So I'm I'm hoping to reap some minor benefits.
0: Oh, I'm sure you will. It will be more than minor, I'm sure. Hopefully. Hopefully. Um, So I I had a really great conversation with uh, Jay, and it was just we had it was pretty wide ranging, but. We talk a lot about his career and about the, the themes of this show in particular. Um, he is actually, before he got this role, he is actually a drag performer away from Kinky Boots. He has um, been doing that for a number of years. And the the character of Lola has so many parallels with his real life that he feels like this show and that character was written specific, specifically for him mm-hmm. um, because it's just it's, – it's that spot on in, in many, many respects that it's – he get, goes out there every night and not only is it physically demanding, but it's also really emotionally draining because he feels like he's acting out his life in front of an audience – Twice a, day, twice a day, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to a certain extent. I mean, obviously not exactly, but there are many, many parallels. Uh, he, interestingly, he started his career, he was working at Tokyo Disney. He was a performer there, and that's where he learned basically the, the, the I, I don't know, the tricks of the trade, but he learned the commitment it takes to do performances and to, to be on stage multiple times a day, many times a week. So he took a lot from that, and then he brought a lot of that to Kinky Boots. This is his second run on Kinky Boots. He was there a few years ago, and uh, then he went off. He traveled with the show. He traveled around the country and around the world with one of the traveling performances. And, but now he's back in the Broadway, the Broadway uh, show, and uh, it's just it's phenomenal. I got. I have to admit, I didn't know that much about the show before I went to see it. And uh, I was I was just shocked at how much I really really enjoyed it. Hmm. the The music is all on. It's on Amazon Prime. It's even on YouTube legally because uh, Kinky Boots has their own channel and they've uploaded the entire soundtrack. So if you don't if you aren't familiar with the with the show, definitely go take a listen to some of the songs. There's a few songs in particular that have a lot of meaning. Um, one of them is. It's called Not my Father's Son and I wrote a piece uh, about the show and about how there is this theme of unmet expectations and fatherhood uh, with the show, which is kind of surprising when you like if you were just to read the synopsis or listen to like how I just described the show, you might not necessarily think that it's about, it's about fathers and sons and, and and what it means to, quote, unquote, be a man and masculinity. But it's all there. And that's so much of what this show is about. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to listen to one song, I would really recommend that. Not My Father, Son. Listen to the lyrics. It's, it's, um, it's the Lola character singing it. I really do recommend it. We're going to go into the interview now, listen to Jay Harrison G talk about Kinky Boots, talk about his career, talk about fathers, his own father, and the road that he had to travel with his dad uh, when he got this got this role, came out to him, explained to him that he was a drag performer away from this role as Lola. Uh, and it's just, just, I can't say enough good things about it. So go <laughs> ahead, enjoy. Uh, we will see you again next week. Thanks so much for coming back week after week. We are The Great Big Beautiful Podcast. You can find us online at The GBB Podcast. You can find me at The RoarBots. And you can find Sam at... At Samantha Fisher. And we'll see you guys next week. For now, here's Jay Harrison G. Enjoy. (music) Jay, thank you so much for taking the time to talk. It's awesome to have you. My pleasure. I understand that you showed up for your original audition for Lola with a costume ready, which kind of took them by, by surprise. Yeah, um,
2: when they asked us to come in in full drag, um, I had a red sequin leotard and blonde Beyonce hair, and I pulled it out. Jerry Mitchell and uh, Justin Huff, who were casting the show, were like, where in God's name did you get that? <laughs> uh, and... I answered honestly, and it was in my closet. Yeah. So.
0: Well, you were the first actor to take the role who had firsthand experience as a drag artist. What do you think that allowed you to bring bring to the stage that was unique from everybody who came before you?
2: Um, I think it's just a different understanding of of, of the life of Lola, Um um, because uh, being a drag queen is is a very speci- a specific ministry. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I'm just able to um, connect in a different way uh, than other actors. They were, you know, most likely just grabbing at, not grabbing at straws, but you know, they were having their own um their own perception and, and doing their best, but, like, I've lived the life of being a drag queen and the nightlife and, and the hustle of it all,
0: so. Mm-hmm. Was it intimidating at all to... I mean, the role probably felt very familiar, and we'll get to that in a second, but was it intimidating to step into this role that was created by Chiwetel Ejiofor, who, I mean, I adore, and I don't... I mean, it was early in his career, but was that intimidating because he had, he had become so, so big after that film?
2: Um... I mean, it was definitely big big shoes to fill um, and <laughs> people being knowledgeable of him and the movie before, you know, that people have uh, they... Uh, my words. Yeah. Um, yes, they were big shoes to fill and it was... <laughs> but it wasn't, like, overwhelming. Right. Right. Um, like I said, because I, I have my own... My own story and my own connection to the life and the of Lola. So,
0: yeah,
3: it was just
2: approaching it from my my way and and giving it my all and making it my my best.
0: How did it feel to return to the role earlier this year, just a few months ago? Was it was it satisfying? Was it like stepping into a you know a familiar a familiar space? Uh,
2: yeah, I always say it's. I I feel like I just came back home. Yeah, um,
0: it's it's a very familiar
2: place and. The factory is always a safe place to be in um, Kinky Boots. is such a wonderful family. So
0: it's just like coming home. <laughs> I read that you used to work at Tokyo Disney. What did you do there? I did. I was a singer in a jazz show. Nice. How long were you there? Yeah. I was there for almost two years. And were you living, was it just the two years you were living in Tokyo or were you there, were you there longer?
2: No, I just those two years.
0: Yeah, is that why you were there for for the for those shows? For working there? Yes. Um, yeah. that
2: was my first professional job.
0: Nice. Um what did what do you what did you learn there that you took with you since it was your first job? Oh my lord, I learned <laughs> everything. I was
2: I was 20 years old when I moved there and um, I learned a lot about myself and about life and and professional life and um, it's kind of where I got my um, my work a lot of my work ethic because um the japanese are so uh they're so timely they're so professional they are so their standards are are high and um i learned uh, uh, so much so yeah.
0: much you know, one of the things that it just fascinates me i mean i am I, I i love musical theater i love going to see to see plays and musicals but I can't even imagine not being a performer myself being one of y'all, you know, somebody who, who has to go out and give a hundred percent six or seven times a week. Um, how quickly do you burn out doing that? It's definitely a lot in, and in my mind
2: taking on the role of Lola, I was like, Oh, this is going to be a piece of cake. I am a drag queen. This is a drag role. This will be nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I quickly learned she's a lot (laughs) Um, because it's 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 draining doing it eight times a week and giving that emotion. And it's hard to do a Jerry Mitchell show and not be full out. He is all about hashtag full out. And I joke a lot of times and I'm like, I wish I could do the show and not be full out. (laughs) But as soon as those lights come on and as soon as the costume is on, everything just comes together and you just have to like go full throttle. And it is, it's, it's, it's a big ask um, because Lola has such a big arc and there's so many emotions. So that's a lot.
0: Well, another thing is I would imagine, you know, when you're doing your own thing as Crystal Demure, you know, you, you can play with your look and change up your clothes and your makeup and your attitude and do a different show but as right. Lola, you can't do any of those things. You have to do the same thing every night, every performance. Does Does that ever feel stifling?
2: No, because Lola is, there is a, there are parameters. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always say I get eight times a week to explore the life of Lola.
3: Hmm. Um,
2: because she is a character and I approach her however I feel that day. Yeah. Um, I, I don't limit myself to say it has to be exactly the same. I have to say this line exactly the same way. Um, just like any person, like even if you were told to say the same thing and do the same thing every day,
0: it it's never going
2: to be exactly the same.
0: Right. Right.
2: Um, and, and that in itself would be boring and that would be um, so plain, but Lola, there's so much fun and so much life in her that like, there's some dynamics that have been found.
0: Yeah. Um, what, I mean, we'll, we'll get into those dynamics and the, you know, the character arc and the themes of the, of the show, but what is the message of Kinky Boots for you personally? Like, what do you take away from the show?
2: It's about love and acceptance. Yeah. Um, on every level. Um, and the human connection. We all want to be accepted for who we are, and um, we're just... Searching to to be our best selves, and Kinky Boots is a show that teaches you to, to do that and that it's okay.
0: Yeah. I mean, the show clearly is about acceptance and empathy and dignity and the freedom to be yourself. But there's also this underlying theme of, of, of fatherhood and unmet, yes. ex- unmet expectations. And, you know, obviously that's driven home in the song Not My Father's Son. Um how important is that to the show? How important is that dynamic that that you don't necessarily see that much on stage, you know, play out? But how is important how important is that to not only the show but to your character?
2: Um it's very important. Um because that parental figure in everyone's life is someone who's very important and it um it affects how you uh, react to life, um, and I'm, I've am i learned that in the past few years with the show, and my personal connection with my father, and our journey, and where we've come to, um, this show has helped us in mm-hmm. so many ways. Uh, my father's a pastor in North Carolina, and um, I very much connect with not my father's son. There definitely been times where Um, The song has gotten me during the show, Mm -hmm. and I've had to, like, hold it together. Um, I always say I use the show as as my therapy. I get to put my mess into the show and get it out.
0: I mean, I don't don't mean to pry, but you keep mentioning your parallels with your own life and with Lola's story and her arc and your arc. Did you have many of the same troubles and, and, and difficulties and roadblocks with your father that she did?
2: Absolutely. Um, uh, my father didn't understand. Who, I don't. I don't believe he understood who I was as a child. To, uh, to the to the world, to him, uh, I was just this outgoing, outspoken, um, rambunctious little guy who questioned everything. And my father, um, growing up in the South, never you he there's that, that's you don't question your parents. You don't right. question what you're told to do, you just do it and respect it. And I, there wasn't any disrespect, but my perspective, my perspective has always been, if something doesn't make sense, I'm going to ask questions. And I have such an imagination that I have always just been out there. And so it took him a while to understand who his child was. Um, and like I said, this show has very much helped him see that, um, I, he didn't know I was doing drag outside of the show before I booked the show, mm. um, and one day we were talking, and he just casually said, "Oh, it's fun. You get paid to imitate drag queens. Just mm. don't bring any wigs home." <laughs> and I was like, "Well, I guess I should have this conversation sooner or later." Yeah. Um, and I let it be for the moment, but uh, later I said that in an interview, and they published it, and so I said. Him the interview and that's kind of how he, you know, learned that I had been doing drag. And then we sat down the night before he saw the show, and he said, "So this drag thing, what is this about?" And I just explain explained to him how drag is a creative art form, and I get to express myself and to connect to people and to reach people's lives through the art of drag and and expression. And um, it's a different medium, but in my own way, I am ministering to people and changing lives. Yeah. And um, and so, you know, I just laid it out on the table as that. And he understood it, and then he saw the show, and I think he started to see us in it. And he's now seen the show six, seven times. Wow. And now you can't shut him up. And he's like, I'm, I'm Lola's proud father. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. My that's my son. So yeah.
0: it sounds like he was fairly accepting, even though it was... It, what it sounds like, it was considerably outside of his experience and his worldview, but he was accepting of it, and he, he you know, he didn't close any doors.
2: Yes, absolutely, and it was definitely scary, because like I said, my dad's a pastor in North Carolina, and he's got a PhD, and he's, you know, about structure and education and, and faith and all of that, and so that's what I grew up on, and I was just nervous as to his, his view of of who I am and that acceptance and mm-hmm. wanting that, um, just like Lola. Um and I have been lucky enough to, to get that. Um and we're in such a wonderful place now and I I attribute a lot of that to Kinky Boots.
0: That was fantastic. Um you know that that relationship and, and meeting expectations and living up to the image that, you know, our fathers have for us do you think that's a, a a driving force is that a motivating factor for for charlie and lola absolutely yeah.
2: um uh fathers uh for lola and charlie are are both so um so impactful on the lives and that's one of the things i've i've acknowledged for myself in the past few years um i'm starting to 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 identify things in my Past and in my childhood and in my upbringing that affect me today and and how I respond to life and to situations because of my parents and because of certain situations and I think um, everyone finds a way to relate to that and and kinky boots on so many levels just starts conversations that need to be had
0: mm-hmm.
2: whatever it is for people and just acknowledging the truth yeah um, and that's that is the first step in the six steps we say at the end of the show. Pursue the truth, whatever it is, um, for you um, as an individual, and that's important, because when you live in your truth, um, that is, or should be, you know, a good thing and a happy place. so we should just explore the truth. Yeah. What motivates you? <sighs> uh, art, music. Um, my mother always raised me to understand that I have been given gifts and my gifts are not about me. I, I have to give of myself and, um, understand that it's for someone else to be affected and to be changed and to, to learn and to grow. Um, so I'm lucky enough to be able to do that with my art and creativity.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that, you know, kinky boots is like we've said, it's about so many things. It's about a lot of different things. Um, but it also takes a look at what it means to quote unquote, be a man. And I Mm -hmm. think in 2018, especially, you know, with toxic masculinity and sexism and racism and discrimination, I don't know if we could say that it's on the rise, but it's coming out of the woodwork and people are less fearful of hiding it. What, what lessons, um, really, do you want people to take away from Kinky Boots about what it means to that, quote-unquote, be a man?
2: Um, Oh, That's such a wonderful question, and nobody has ever tapped on that. (laughs) Uh, Because, I mean, everyone's perception is that Lola is gay, Mm -hmm. but Lola is actually written as a heterosexual man. Um, And every Lola can approach it in her own perspective and, and let it be what it is. Um, but that is one of the things I find fun every night too, because at the top of that two, Lola sings, what a woman wants. And Don is like, you like women. And Lola's like, yeah, I adore them. I worship them. I like I, more men need to wear dresses. More men need to like break down the walls of saying that a, being a man is, is so many things, you know, labeling it and, and giving it boundaries. I remember as a little kid, I, I said to my mother, um, why do girls get all the fun options when it comes to clothes? <laughs> like boys get shirt, pants, jacket. Yeah. Throw a tie on if you're feeling fancy, and like go. You're done. Yeah. And, and there's no frill. There's no fun. It's it so, it's it's so boring. It's like, yeah. It's so stark. I mean, and things are loose. They're getting better now. You know, I'm seeing more things, but I, I enjoy. There's nothing I find more joy in than getting dressed every day according to how I feel
3: mm-hmm. and
2: walking the streets of New York. And if people feel a way about whatever I'm wearing, there are days I'm in drapey flowy things. Uh, there are days where I'm like, I feel like putting on a wedge or a pump mm-hmm. as a boy and like walking down the street. A man can be whatever a man wants, a, a person, a human being. Um, yeah. Oh God. I could go on about this because it's just, yeah. and I have fun, seeing how men respond to the show. Um, during Land of Lola, i say a little speech in there, it's like, um, uh, no need to be embarrassed, I like to be looked at, and you like to look. Mm-hmm. And I always try my best to find a man in the front row to point at. <laughs> a- and I, I have a moment where I can be able to find them before that moment happens, so yeah. that I can, you know, play with them during the show. And I've had so many different responses. Um, as a matter of fact, not too long ago, I, I did it and I pointed to this black guy who was sitting in the front row, uh, I assume with his wife. Um, and for whatever reason, after pointing at him and like having the little, the little moment,
3: mm-hmm. he
2: couldn't, he would not look up anymore. He just kind of like really? looked straight ahead. And I saw... A shift in him. There was something that he was uncomfortable with.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Are are those the kind of responses that you like? I mean, like clearly you like to get a rise out of the audience. You're you're finding the person that you think is the best, the the most ideal one to point out and put on the spot. I mean, but what what do you what do you look to get out of that too? Like, are you trying to take people out of their comfort zones?
2: Absolutely, I am. um and i I, in those moments i i I get what i get i don't i I just want to get something from you Mm -hmm. and so you know it was interesting to get that response but as soon as i saw it i he represented so many black men in my life yeah that i i was like now why why do you have to feel that way sir whatever that is and it's the idea of masculinity And him knowing that I am a man dressed as a woman, but like playing and doing this thing was so foreign to him, I believe.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And he just, it was, I saw his mind trying to wrap around it and be like, okay, I'm here, but like, "Eh." yeah. And it could be so many other things, but that was just my perception of it. And that's what it represented in the moment. And those are the people that I, I, you know, want to reach. And it brings me so much joy to see people have an arc with me during the show. When they start off like that, but by the end of the show, they're up clapping and, and smiling and, and enjoying themselves because they understand that we're all just human beings. Mm-hmm. We're all just trying to live our own lives. We're all just trying to be loved and accepted for who we are as individuals. And we're just, we're just trying to be, just be. Yeah. Do, do you see a um, lot of
0: that? I mean, I don't know how much time you have on stage to actually scan the audience. But do you see a lot of that shift in an audience, you know, where the, the before the curtain rises or in, you know, the first song, it might be very uncomfortable squirming in their seats, but by the end, they're just totally into it. Oh,
2: absolutely. Um, and that, that is the fun that I, the most fun I've had about the show. Um, and especially being able to travel the world with the show and see different responses across the country and and in other countries as well, so it's like, because that's how you know what we're doing is effective, is how people are responding to it. I think we've only had one big negative response, or that I've experienced, when we were on tour, and that was in Texas, (laughs) and a a guy on a scooter rolled out after the drag queens came in, and he was like, I didn't sign up for this, this is, uh, no, this is mess, blah, blah, ripped his ticket up and threw it up at the usher's face but he had to sit in the lobby because his wife was still inside enjoying
0: the show so she wouldn't leave him that's fantastic yeah <laughs> no, so she wouldn't like, leave with it.: you have to like be here sir <laughs> oh i mean the things you must see day after day just looking down on on everybody else you know it's a totally different perspective than those of us sitting in the chairs looking up at you absolutely yeah that's unreal that is unreal. I mean so I mean we talk about you know the relationships okay. with their dads and and being a man and I'm, I'm a father myself. So I know a huge part well, of Well, congratulations. Thank you. I mean I have I have one of each, but I know that a huge part of being of having a son is is raising him to be that respectful, open-minded, accepting person, you know, and to to be mm-hmm. a decent human being and just not be mm-hmm. an a-hole, you know? Like we don't want to raise little you know, little assholes like, but it's so like, right. it, and so like thing it, it's so refreshing to me. And so, oh, I don't know what the right word is heartwarming, I guess, to see shows like kinky boots, you know, or stories that embrace everything that the world has to offer. And that way I can, mm-hmm. it's, it's not just saying like, Oh, we need to be accepting wait And, you know, I hate the word tolerance, you know, we need to be tolerant of other uh-huh. people, you know, because it's when it's just a part of the landscape, it's just, it is, it's not something to accept or to to embrace. It's just it is. It's life, yeah. and so I think Kinky Boots is going, you know, in in shows and stories and movies and things that are going that extra mile to just make it part of life. And I right. I, mean, I think that's what we need more of.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, this it, this the show is so many ways. It's just like we. We even a part of the show. Sometimes we'll roll our eyes because, in conversation, we will just be talking about life and things in general. And one way or another, we always find our way making a kinky boots reference <laughs> of 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 just be or like you know we want to raise you up, and we laugh about it. But it's it's so rudimentary, it's so elementary,
3: mm-hmm. and
2: the the idea of it is so simple, mm-hmm. and the way we do it is just in a different medium to be able to show people, like you said. We're here to just be. Yeah, we're here to just live this life, be the best that we can, and move on.
0: Yeah. What's the biggest lesson you learned from your dad?
2: Oh, uh, ooh. I think the the biggest thing I've learned from my oh gosh, <laughs> so therapy starting early today. Got it. Great. Um. <laughs> I think the biggest lesson I've learned from my father is just to to work work hard that's one thing I, my my father has always done
3: mm-hmm.
2: I, like we always joke that he'll never stop working. I mean he retired from North Carolina education system and is still working
3: yeah.
2: um he can never not do something uh and that in itself is just is admirable and Something I, I do I hold dear about him and will always remember is like work hard, be yeah. about something.
0: Yeah. Well, you're living it, right? I mean, that's just not that's not just I, a lesson you've you've you know tucked away somewhere. That is, it seems to be the core of at least what you're doing with Lola.
2: Absolutely, and I and I you know I, we he and I now have conversations all the time, and I, I now I need to call him and thank him, and, <laughs> and we'll have our own moment because that that's all I, I live to do is to make my parents proud yeah. um of the of the human being that they raised. Um even when I came out to my parents, I you know I let them know that it was just like I'm not I'm not telling you I'm a different person. I'm not telling you you've done anything wrong. I'm just letting you in more to the human being that you raised.
3: Yeah.
2: And know that you put the right things in me to be an effective person in in society and to be a good person, that you put the right things in me and I will use all of those things to continue to grow and to learn and to pass on to other people. Um, So yeah.
0: And I, I gotta say, as a dad, that is the most we can hope for. So they should be proud because if that's the lesson that you were trying to throw back at them or swing back to them, then that's, then that's, it's just beautiful because that's all we try to do, you know? And so the fact that you yeah. got it and they got it, I love it. It's yeah. just, it's beautiful. <laughs> um, all right. I, I, we can't end on you know, sort of like a sappy note. So. <laughs> what, what is your, uh, what's your favorite number in the show?
2: Um, I think it's it's land of Lola, yeah. Because it's your introduction to Lola, and I get to be fun and flirty and fabulous. And every night I I get to to start off that life of Lola in in that way and introduce people to this
0: magnificent person. Do you think you'll ever get that tired of it? They don't even it? know. Do you think you'll ever get tired I, of it? I don't it? think
2: I will. Yeah. I, there are days where I'm like, all right, let's hang up the boots, let's move on. But every time I walk back into that theater and every time I start the process, uh, I'm going to get emotional about it. It just... I know I have an opportunity to make a difference every time I step into the role and every time I walk into that theater. I know that there's at least one person that I can affect. And if if I reach one person, my job is done. And that's... that's what I've always said about anything I do. If I reach at least one, my job is done. Yeah. Um, and it is it it can be overwhelming sometimes when you get to the stage door and receive the love from people because there's so many stories and so many people who are affected by it. And if I could, I would sit there all day and, like, have conversations. But I have to, like... I have to like preserve myself and my own spirit. So I'm like, hi, thank you, I appreciate it. And people are like, I'm sure you're tired of hearing it, but that was fabulous. it's changed my life. Blah blah blah.
0: But I'm just like, Ugh. yeah, yeah. So I don't think I'll ever get tired of it. No, I wouldn't either. If if that was the reception that I got for something, you know, for art and beauty that I put into the world, then my God, yeah, soak it up and enjoy every moment of it. <laughs> <laughs> when
3: I was just a kid. Everything I did was to be like him under my skin. My father always thought if I was. Strong and fought, not like some albatross. I'd begin to feel.
0: This has been the Great Big Beautiful Podcast. You can find us online at thegbbpodcast.com and on Twitter and Facebook at thegbbpodcast. Thanks again for subscribing and listening. We really do appreciate it. And until next week, I am Jamie Green, and you can find me at The RoarBots. Take care.
3: to breathe freely was not in his plan and the best part of me is what he would see I'm not my father's son I'm not the image of what he dreamed of with the strength of spiders And the patience of Job still couldn't be the one.